You see, I believe that the news is actually just somebody's take on a situation. And because we're all different, different backgrounds, different conditioning, maybe support a different political party, we have different ideas, philosophies, just like I've got today, and some of you will be listening to this and disagreeing with me, while others will agree, I think it's fair to accept, therefore, that it's really hard for a journalist to be completely unbiased. Welcome to Live, Love, Laugh and Learn, the podcast that helps you be more, do more and get more out of life. And here's your host, Chris Williams. Hi everybody, and thanks for listening. I wanted to share an idea with you today. It's an idea you might like, uh, or you might not. I'm going to make a suggestion and that is to stop listening to, stop reading and stop watching the news. And it's something I've been doing for years now. And the thought was triggered by a recent event. I've been volunteering at a vaccination centre and during the shift you get to know people and I'm chatting away to people. Still doing my bit but, but communicating. And what I found out at this vaccination centre, on average, they have been vaccinating a thousand people a day, which is, I think, amazing. And I think it's amazing what the UK have managed to do to vaccinate over half of the population. When you think of the logistics involved, and there's a lot involved. I mean, in this vaccination centre, there's a lot of people. Everybody's got a job to do. There's volunteers, there's paid workers, there's the NHS are there. It's a real huge, humongous team effort, extremely well organised, streamlined, everything. And of course they plan for each day because people book on and so they know how many vaccines to get out of the fridge. So as I said, they were vaccinating a thousand people a day and then an article appeared in the newspaper, on the TV, on the radio. I guess bringing the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccination into disrepute in talking about that um, it might cause a blood clot. The result of that article, that news thing, was that the very next day only 500 people showed up instead of the 1,000. Now I think it's been proven that actually there was no need to panic and the blood clots that people had experienced were nothing to do with the vaccine but that would be the normal number of people having a blood blood clot in the number of hundreds of thousands of people millions of people actually isn't it who've had vaccinations so then the the story's backtracked and we're all set to go again but those 500 people who missed out on their vaccination they're going to have to get back in the queue and the reality is out of those people some people may contract the virus and uh, it may shorten their life or curtail it very quickly. And this has been duplicated at every vaccination centre all around the UK. And it just made me think or remember and reflect on the impact that the media has on society. Because we all make the assumption that it's true. And that's my question. Is it true? What is true? You see, I believe that the news is actually just somebody's take on a situation. 
And because we're all different, different backgrounds, different conditioning, maybe support a different political party, we have different ideas, philosophies, just like I've got today, and some of you will be listening to this and disagreeing with me, while others will agree, I think it's fair to accept, therefore, that it's really hard for a journalist to be completely unbiased. And I had this experience years ago. I used to live in Munich, and I remember at the time... I was living there, the Americans invaded the island of Grenada, or Grenada, not quite sure how to pronounce it. And I read three newspapers about the event. I read the Süddeutsche Zeitung, which is a Munich German broadsheet. I read the Times, the English Times, and the New York Times. And as I read about this incident, it was as if there were three completely different and unconnected incidents. You see, because, well, I guess the German journalists saw things from a different perspective. The American journalists saw it from maybe wanted to protect the integrity and the interest of his own country, so he wrote a different slant on it. And in the Times, the British journalist sort of had a different take on it again. So which of those articles were true? Well, the answer's got to be none of them, really, because they, they're just somebody's perception um, although I think we talk about that perception is reality, so our perception is reality, so those reporters' perception is reality. And I guess that's what's happened with that article about the vaccination, because the reports are coming in from the rest of Europe and people are looking at a, a, a they've got a different take on on the whole thing. But based on that, I then happened to go along to a seminar, and at that seminar. It was recommended, the news was talked about uh, along these lines, and the guy, the speaker, suggested, said, look, why, why don't you just try detoxing off the news? And we all detox off stuff, don't we? You know, chocolate and alcohol, or we, or we have a water detox and drink loads of water. So I thought, oh, I quite like that idea. He said, yeah, try detoxing off the news for six weeks and, and see how you feel afterwards. At the time, I was, I guess now, thinking about it, I was a news addict. I was listening to Radio 4 first thing in the morning, so I was, I was getting the news maybe a couple of hours, you know, literally from 6 o'clock, waking up to the news. And I would then be listening to the lunchtime news on Radio 4. I'd listen to the evening news on Radio 4 on my travel home, and I'd listen to the 10 o'clock news while I'd watch the 10 o'clock news. And then at the weekends, I'd buy a newspaper. So I was probably, properly newsed out. So the whole idea of not listening, watching or reading the news was a little bit daunting. But this speaker assured me that, you know what, you're going to get all the information you need from your network. You really don't need to listen to the news. Because the news can actually cause quite a bit of stress. And I think some, I've got to include myself, you know, it's quite stressful in this lockdown at the moment and here's the thing I think we can listen to the news and we can get quite angry and annoyed and stressed out about the stuff that is happening and Stephen Covey reminds us that we should imagine two circles a smaller one two concentric circles a smaller one and a larger one small one in the middle larger one on the outside the smaller one in the middle is our circle of influence and the larger circle is our circle of concern and the challenge I think most of us have is 
when we listen to and hear or read some bad news, we can be very concerned. And it, you know, I mean, some of the stories can literally spoil the start of the day. They can make us feel paranoid, like the world's against us or the economy's never going to recover and just not great positive stuff, a lot of negative stuff. And I'm not saying the press is wrong in doing that. Here's the challenge, you see. We, the, the press don't write bad news and bad stuff and terrible headlines because that's what they feel like doing. They write it because that's what sells newspapers. That's what gets eyeballs on the news and ears on the radio news. What they are really, really aware of is the British public. They, they like a, a, a gory headline. They like to read and hear about bad stuff that's what sells the newspapers and as a result that's been the tendency of the press so it's not necessarily their fault they're they're pandering to the consumer and you know overall we like to consume some bad news you know good news doesn't sell very well so back to the circles so we can get stressed out annoyed upset about our circle of concern but Stephen Covey says why don't we stick in our circle of influence it's smaller but rather than get stressed out, concerned about things, why, why don't we look at what we can do something about? And if we stay in our circle of influence, that will actually get bigger and its circumference will touch more of our circle of concern. So in a way, we can start with ourselves doing the right thing during the COVID situation. Or if we've really got a passion for something or a purpose, then maybe just do something to resolve just one problem. A bit like Karen and I said at the Buddy Bag Foundation, to solve a problem, when we found out that 48,000 children find themselves in emergency care right here in the UK escaping domestic violence. They arrive in these women's refuges, which are warm and clean and lovely, except that they're often just in the clothes they stand up in. They've got no personal belongings with them. There wasn't time for them to grab anything or often they're picked up outside of school. And I, you know, we thought that was quite shocking, so we decided to do something about it. And, and now in 300 refugees around the UK, over 32,000 children have received a bag, and it has made a difference from the feedback that we've got. And that's an example of not just being concerned about something, but actually taking some action and bringing that into the circle of influence. And as a result of that, we're connecting with more people and maybe we can even get involved in how to stop that domestic violence in the first place. But that's another story. And I study Stoicism as well and one of the lovely things about that philosophy is it, it really can create tranquility in your life, which is a great goal of mine. Some people call it happen, happiness. I'm not quite sure if you can be happy every day, but certainly we can have a tranquil life. And one of the fundamental cornerstones, pillars of Stoicism is to identify, they call it... The, um, the dichotomy of control, identify what the things we are in control of and the things we aren't in control of and just forget the things we're not in control of and just focus on the things that we can control because then we make a difference. We can accept a responsibility and do something about it but if we're focusing on the things we can't control and just stressing out over it then, well, that's exactly it. We're going to be stressing out over it the whole, whole time. And I want just to think, here's, here's a little thing, a little story for you. I was just smiling to myself. The Probably a lot of you listening don't remember the, well, the comic's still going, the Beano comic. And in that comic, there's a character, and it's Dennis the Menace, and he's got a dog called Nasher, and Dennis the Menace has got this black and white hoop jersey. 
and uh, he's always getting into trouble. He's a bit of a bully and uh, a right character in Bina. Well, he's 70 years old this week, and I just thought, sometimes I feel that newspapers are just like a comic. They're about as accurate as the Bino. Um, but they do keep us occupied, and so we do have a choice of, of doing that. But back to the detox. Try taking six weeks detox off the news. And this speaker said to me, when you do that, Chris, do you know what's going to happen? Go back and listen to the news, watch it or read it and see how you feel then. And I've got to say, that's exactly what I did. And I was really, really shocked of the content of the news. Really shocked. I think we become blasé about it. We become immune to it. But then when you actually go back and look at it, and it taught me a real lesson just to ignore the whole thing and get my information from a network or choose, for example, to go to an app like Reuters where I believe you can maybe get a little bit more, little bit more reliable news. And another great mentor of mine, Big Al, Tom Big Al Schreiser, he says, he says, look, I can predict, I know the news format's exactly the same. The 10 o'clock news, this is how it's going to be. There's going to be a personal country getting into trouble. There's going to be a personal country already in trouble. And then there'll be, to lighten the, the last part of the news up a little bit, there will be a person or a country getting out of trouble. That is the news. And here's the thing, depending on how much news is about, whether there's a big disaster, volcano, earthquake, whatever, will depend on, on whether you hear stories or not. So half the stories that go on, you're not hearing. And it's not just newspapers, it's not just our news that I'm talking about, it's media in general, social media. And here's another thought. I think that's another thing that stresses us out. I'm not saying Facebook and Instagram, you know, they do some good things. They've connected us during the lockdown, but also they can make us feel very, very inadequate because all we ever see on these social media streams is somebody's edited life. And I'd just like you to think about and reflect on that concept a little bit. An edited life. Before social media, this went on. You may, as a child, remember going around to, I don't know, a friend's house and having dinner or popping in there after school and you probably, you might, might have thought to yourself, or was it just me, yeah, how cool are my mate's parents compared to my own? The reality is your mate's parents were on their best behaviour, weren't they? Because they had a guest round. And what are we like on the first date when we meet somebody? Are we the real us or are we on our best behaviour? Do we just see the tip of the iceberg in a lot of cases, maybe only 10% of the real life of somebody? And it's played out in social media as well. And I just remind us all that we just need to remember that because we can feel very vulnerable in this situation. And when we're not leading a great life and we're sitting across from a couple who appear like they're having a great life or watching them on social media, it can make us feel inadequate and not enough. And I just want to reassure you are enough, we are enough. And that's, that's something to really grasp hold of. Feel grateful for everything we have got. Look for the gift in absolutely everything. Don't say, why has something happened to me? Ask ourselves, why has something happened for me? How can I make the most of a particular situation? So that is my little bit of the news. The call to action is, if you want to take it up, is detox off the news for six weeks. See what you feel like. If you feel better, then you can decide to continue because you'll have created a habit. It takes about that long to do something over a regular time period. And if you want to go back to it, that's up to you as well. But just remember, to have a happy, tranquil life, 
do focus and reflect on the things you can control and the things you can't control. Divide things up like that. And if you ignore the things you can't control and just live in that moment where in the things you can control, then I think you're going to feel a load better. In fact, you're going to be living with our philosophy of uh, living, loving and laughing. So I hope you've learned something. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us and tell your friends. If you would like free access to our special members podcast, where we share even more fabulous stuff, just email chris at chriswilliams.biz. But if you hated it, remember to tell your enemies to listen.